Hey guys, welcome to Peace of Authenticity with the Andersons. We're live every Monday morning and we want to be current and authentic and genuine in every topic that we bring for you guys. Nothing is more refreshing than when people are open and honest with their walk with God. And that's just what we want to do. We want to have conversations with you weekly that ignite you and challenge you to be the best that you can be. A lot of times we think that we have to have it all put together and we put on masks to get through our week. But here, we want to be able to just talk it out. Exactly how it comes out is exactly how it's going to be. So join in on the conversation. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast this week. What's going on? You are so excited. You better contain <laughs> yourself, mister. Yeah. No, we, this week has been, um, we've just been feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, it's, it's been rough. It's been it's been pretty rough several days and everything, but every day is a new day. So <laughs> Yeah. Every day is a new day. Um, okay, so something that was really stirring in me um yesterday. I was reading well, I've been reading first Samuel with some friends, a chapter a day. And oh my goodness, I don't know if you guys have ever had a time in your life where you can't even read two sentences of scripture. The Lord is telling you things that you have to write down. So it takes you forever to get through a chapter, which is amazing because then there's the outpouring of like revelation and stuff like that from the Lord. And so that's exactly what happened to me yesterday with First Samuel chapter 12. And something that I got out of it was literally something so simple of how we put God in a box. Mm. That's what we're comfortable with. That's our comfort zone, putting God in a box. Because we can understand something in a box more so than something infinite, all-encompassing, all-knowing. That's a, that's really hard for our tiny little brains to comprehend. <laughs> so, we're somebody... But does, does that make... What if my brain's bigger than yours? Because um, I got a big head. I would say that your head is bigger. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. That's for darn tootin'. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's rude. No, um, yeah. Sorry, everyone, for Jordan being rude. Calling no, everyone, I'm tiny just, brains. I am so sorry for Aubrey talking about this right now. <laughs> I apologize. But, um, so, I mean, right to the get-go in First Samuel chapter 12. So, where we're at right then is a couple chapters before everything was going great but the israelites wanted a king they didn't have a king at the time and everything was going well they had the priests they had the prophets that everything was going fine but they decided well you know what no we need a king like we need to be protected so what that that was because they got scared yes exactly so usually through our fear we have to understand we have to look to leadership yes and that leadership should always be God, but yeah. sometimes we can't see him and we can't understand what he's doing. So it's easier to just find another pea-brained person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, think about it like this too. When remember, all of us remember back in March when coronavirus got really bad. Yeah. And, you know, we were all watching the news. We were all getting the same information. It's spreading like crazy. So what do we do? We look at our senators. We look at our representatives. Yeah. We look at, we, we blame um, the coronavirus outbreak on on our country's leadership. Yeah. Instead of just accepting the fact that 
you know, it's it's a virus, you know what I'm saying? Like in and it's like gonna it's go. in the air. Right. <laughs> right. But see that's what we do whenever we're scared, whenever we're fearful. And the children of Israel were no different in this time that you're talking about, just a few chapters before this. They get scared because they hear that another army, yeah, another kingdom is coming to attack them, to take their land. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, who's going to lead us? Because, I mean, you would think that up until this point, they would go, you know what? The Lord's really looked out for us this whole time. I think we're going to be okay. I mean, you would think that. Right. Yeah, but, you know, eventually, I think as long as we get into complacency, we always put God in a box. Yeah. And then whenever fear strikes, which it inevitably will, mm-hmm. um, we, we look to man. Yeah, exactly, because that seems more real to us, which mm-hmm. is so sad, you know, because that is not accurate. But they, you know, so they told Samuel, the prophet, they were like, yo, we need a king. And Samuel's like, no, you don't. They're like, yes. Yes, we really do. Mm, Sounds like a rap battle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. That's how I envisioned it, Mm. right? So, um, it was just like, finally, Samuel spoke to the Lord, and the Lord's like, give them what they want. They they want to, honestly, the Lord said, pretty much, they want to put me in a box. They don't trust me fully. Give them a king. Mm. We'll see what happens, really. But it's like, God still graced them in their tiny thinking of, like, I know I say this all the time, but I'm so thankful I'm not God because there would be so many people that would be hit by lightning because Mm. it's like, who do you think you are putting me in a box? I created you, you tiny little molecule. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. If if I was the Lord, it would be more like Greek mythology. I would turn into Zeus and hit (laughs) me with lightning bolts. Well, like we were watching Thor last night. (laughs) Thor Ragnarok where he just like, draw. Like, yeah, just... Electricity shooting through them. That's what I want to do too. But the the amazing thing is, uh, you know, I don't know where you're at listening to this, but I hope that you're thankful today that we serve a God of grace. Yeah. A God that not only has the plans for us mm-hmm. written down and, and their their plans for us to prosper. And, and, you know, he he knew how your life was going to go before you were ever born. And, but yet... In the midst of this story, it's amazing to me because the people wanted a king. They wanted something they could touch, which is actually kind of, you know, idol-type yes. mentality. You know, That's, it's it's yeah. kind of like Exodus where they were like, you know, God delivered them from Egypt. And they say, well, what do we worship? So they gather up all the gold, you know, in, in the camp and, and make a golden calf. And Moses comes down and does what? Um, does what I want to do to people sometimes and just smites that thing. Just, you know what I mean? Um, but I just think it's cool though because God God not only covered them, yeah. but then he graced them in this moment and was like, okay, this is what you really want. Uh, the Bible tells us, you know, that he gives you the desires of your heart. Yeah. Even though they weren't really faithful, he still... He still answered their call and sent Samuel over there to to find them a king. It's just like, it blows my mind. But Samuel goes on to say like, hey, the Lord has done this and this and this and this and this and this. Do you not remember all that? But yeah, sure. If you want a king, because supposedly the king is going to do so much more for you guys and, you know, be someone you can lean on more so than God, sure. You know, I don't think he was as sarcastic as I was just then, but he pretty much said that, right? And like the Israelites pretty much just say, we're so sorry. What's crazy is like they ask for 
forgiveness, right? But they still want a king at the end. Yeah. And so something else that they ask the Lord forgiveness for is yet again, okay, Aubrey, like I've noticed this in the Old Testament. They always go back to the same gods, Baal. And then this one, her name changes, but she's a goddess of fertility. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know her as the Starbucks chick, actually. Mm. I looked that up and that actually really alarmed me a bit. Yeah. But, okay. So we don't go to Starbucks anymore. Um, I have decided Starbucks <laughs> is I, off the devil. I never went in the first place. Yeah, Aubrey doesn't like coffee, coffee so pray so, for him, please. Yeah. He's missing out on so many blessings, but that's just me. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you think about it, though, too, Jordan. I mean, the, the children of Israel were like that, too, but, but I think that throughout this story, we can reflect this onto our own life as exactly well. that's why like every time i since i've been reading this i've realized they have to repent for worshiping baal and worship worshiping um ashtaroth mm-hmm. that other goddess and i'm like lord like i looked up what both of these gods and goddesses what they did right and so this One is makes the backstory coffee, i know that yeah, exactly a yeah. mean brew no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> One <of them>. so <laughs> baal let's just say baal turned into Zeus, who turned into Jupiter. Like, the enemy uses the same tactics on us, but names them different yeah. throughout the years, right? So, um, there's a bail going on in our life, just as much, you know, as there was then, as there is today. Like, you're talking about idols. Yeah. And then the Ashtaroth, she turned into Aphrodite, who turned into Venus. I mean, they stay the same. They are the same thing, just named differently. So, I went down to the root of what they are in their fertility gods. Mm. So then I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what's the significance of the gods that they always go back to being fertility gods? Because there's something there. It always lists them in the Bible, like repentance, or they get in trouble for worshiping Baal and worshiping Ashtaroth and all this stuff, right? So the Lord showed me that, um, well, I went and found the definition of fertility. Um, FYI, I did know what fertility meant, so I, but I just really love um, the meaning of things, you know, actually looking up. Yeah, in, like, like when you, like dictionary. fertilizer? Yes, exactly. Fertility, the quality of being fertile and productiveness. Okay. Yeah. So I asked the Lord that and I just heard the Lord say that it feeds the pride of man. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to produce something from your own hands or even our own bodies, it empowers us and gives us a God-like feeling. And right then the Lord took me back to Genesis. Whenever the serpent was talking to Eve, talking her into uh, taking of the fruit, right? He said, you'll be like God. Mm. So what we always go towards is feeling empowered and feeling like God, right? Being empowered, but just by us right? Yeah. Um, and so here I put, we always try to produce more of what the Lord is doing. We, we produce more off of what he's doing. So it's like what the Lord's doing isn't enough. We add this and this and this and this, we add our own toppings right? that aren't necessarily from him, but we have to take this kind of control, which is totally a lie, a lie from the enemy. Control is what actually keeps us from our freedom. But anyways, we must die to ourselves to fully live with our creator. Mm. And so that just blew my mind because it, it it was just that question. I was like, okay, Lord, what is it about these gods? Because I got annoyed. I was like, the gold calf back in Exodus. Come on, people. Like, what are we doing? We keep going back to the same things. And the Lord showed me we still go back to that today. Mm. Think about the grace God has for us. It just blows my mind. But it, it showed me again. He took me back to how. Um, so the modern day church has put God in a box. 
And I'm not saying that without, we have all the answers, but this is something that the Lord has shown Aubrey and I through this season where we've been pulled back and just spending time with him that the church has put God in a box. Okay. Um, and so whenever I was reading first Samuel, Samuel, first Samuel chapter 12, (laughs) the church started off in acts blowing up. I mean, that it said there was not a need among them. I mean, they were giving to each other. They were praying over each other. They were prophesying over each other. They were set. They were, there were people saved by the thousands. Mm-hmm. It was just blowing up. But what happened was it started being controlled. Um, that that fear that you talked about earlier, Aubrey, rose up. And so whenever you fear something, you feel the need to control it. And so... The church was put in a box, therefore God was put in a box. And sometimes a box looks like a building. Well, I think it's I think it's important to understand when throughout the history of the Bible, you can you can look at what God does. And everything that God did was beyond the realm of understanding yeah. of human of human beings. And that's how it's supposed it's, to be. Right. It, it's 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 always been it's always been like something that nobody would ever see coming. Nobody, the the children of Israel were slaves for a long time in Egypt, and then they get led out of there, and then they're like, oh crap, Moses, you you let us, we're trapped. There's a big body of water here, and there's people here. What do we do now? All of a sudden, boom, Moses puts staff in there, the the water, you know, the, the water splits, and they walk right through, and then the water comes back together and swallows up mm-hmm. the Egyptian army. Nobody could have saw that coming. No. And when when the Israelites were in the desert, I mean, because of their unbelief, right? They wandered yeah. the desert for 40 years. God rained manna down from heaven daily to provide for their hunger needs. He, he provided yeah. for them daily. It doesn't make sense. When's the last time have you ever seen cheeseburgers fall from the sky? Because I haven't. Ew. I mean, I think that would be awesome. Or pizza. <laughs> I mean, Little Caesars is right down the road. That's my jam. But they're not exactly falling from the sky. I mean, in the natural. That's not something that we can control. And, yeah. and, you know, and so God's always done things that were well beyond our understanding. When, when he picked David over all of the other brothers that, that were in the lineup, yeah. you know, he, he chose the, the least one that in our human mind, Gideon, you know, you can talk about all these, all these stories. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But see, when we get into church stuff, we always try to go, okay, well, this is what the Lord wants us to do. And then we put everything that we think we know in a box. When, when I read scripture, everything that the Lord does supersedes my interpretation. It, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't comprehend it. But then there's always something about our life to where... We we always we get to know the creator of heavens and the earth and and we get to know him, but then we can't help but put it mm. in the put him in the realm yes. of our understanding. And and you, you think about the children of Israel and they were like, Well, we need we need something that we can worship, something tangible that we can put our hands on. Yes. And God's sitting here saying, Is it not enough that I that I just split that huge body of water? And allowed you guys to walk through it and no life was lost except for Egyptians? You know what I mean? Like, like God is sitting here saying, I, I, am I not enough? And here we are in, in Samuel, 
right? First Samuel. Yeah. And and God is sitting here yet again asking the children of Israel, why why am I not king enough for you? Exactly. That's and something whenever you were talking, Aubrey, I just heard something from the Lord. He said, You don't have to understand everything. Because if you did, what's faith for? Yeah. Well, and, and you think about what Paul said, right, about peace. It, it surpasses. Exactly. It exceeds. All understanding. It's above. Yeah, it, it's above. So it, if, I can't, if I can't interpret and I can't even imagine and, and comprehend the kind of peace that a relationship with Christ offers, then how am I supposed to try to get that inside the realm of my understanding when the Bible already tells me that it, it can't be? Yeah. It surpasses me. Mm-hmm. And God, the, the Bible tells us that, that God, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. And so, but we always, we have a natural human concept of we try to break things down to yeah. where we can understand it and we can control it. Yeah. And it, it's it's almost, it, it's almost laughable. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we try to go about and we do things in, in our own way. And I imagine that there are a lot of times, especially in my life, that the Lord's just sitting back going, Aubrey, come on. Yeah. Just just trust me. Yeah. Just just walk through that. Let go of whatever you're holding on to. Let me have it and yeah. watch what I do with That's it. That's it. Guys, if we realize how simple yeah. that this is, the simplicity is the beauty. Yeah. Of the gospel. Like, oh my gosh. You know what I was thinking, Aubrey, when you were talking, why I smiled at you? It's because I was I thought thinking, you just thought I was cute. Uh, well, that as well. That's very true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in the office, I just remember Oscar was trying to explain to Michael what a surplus is. Yeah. And it was just not clicking. Michael's like, okay. Explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. Yeah, yeah, and then he, and then it went down. He explained it again. He's like, okay, so uh, explain it to me like I'm a five year old. Like he yeah. kept going down because he just yeah. didn't get it. That's like us with the Lord, but the Lord doesn't play the game. He's like, listen, all you need to do is trust me. Yeah. Okay, I know what a surplus is. You have no idea, yeah. and I will spend all day trying to explain this to you. But let's just get it done. Let's go. Yeah. Like let's do this thing. Well, and and I think true, you know, for me. There's a lot of times that I'll ask the Lord, what, Lord, what are you doing? You know, and, and, and I'll genuinely want to know. Yeah. I'm just asking because I'm, I'm in the midst of some confusion or whatever. I'm just like, Lord, what are you doing? I don't think we actually want him to answer that question. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I, his, his understanding is so much higher than ours that I think that if he really showed us the big picture, it would make you probably wet yourself. Yeah. I mean in, in all in all reality, I look at we, we read all these all these stories in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament what what God was doing in the Old Testament and then what Jesus continued to do into the New Testament. And I look at those those characters, those main characters that are in every story and there had to have been times where they're sitting here going, God, what are you doing? And in the midst of the whole thing, they could have never saw what the end result was gonna be. Yeah. Uh, like Ruth, she didn't know she was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Like, it's just, oh my goodness. But while you're talking, Aubrey, so every time before an episode, I look up what the biblical meaning is of the number episode we're on just, just for fun. I'm a, I'm a number nerd, I guess. 
Yeah. And 17 means election. And I was oh. like, that's weird anyways. And I just went to the side, right? But, okay, so this is something that the Lord just showed me. So let me read this that I wrote yesterday when I was reading 1 Samuel chapter 12. The church and the world went back to the Saul religious way of the church, right? And they chose to put God in a box, okay? Just like in 1 Samuel chapter 12. But if you're listening right now, you're like, I haven't put God in a box. Why are they talking about this? Like the whole church hasn't put God in a box, right? But even like in an election, let's just say like one party is the majority. What if the majority of the church, we've still, we still have God in a box, even mm-hmm. though there's the other majority that hasn't. Yeah. Let's, let's help our brothers and sisters in love. Let's help them see that that's what's happened in the church. God's been put in a box, and I really believe he's awakening the mass population for this election of, like, let's get God out of the box, out of the box. It's like, I'm voting that, okay? Because it's like, man, when God's out of the box, there's no, oh my gosh, there's no boundaries, like, to what God can do, and... Oh my gosh. Um, And then I just put here that God's let you have your own way. He's given you a king. And for some people, um, I really do believe that there's some people in the church, they actually go to a church building and that's the only place where they hear the the word of the Lord. That's the only place where they actually open their Bibles. That's the only place where they hear scripture. And that's the only place where they listen to worship. That is putting God in a box because you only worship him on a Sunday. You might say a few prayers during the week, but I'm just being honest. There's some people... Aubrey, whenever they study scriptures, they'll call their pastor before they actually talk to the Lord about the revelation that the Lord's given them. It's like, guys, that's the beauty of our relationship with the Lord. The veil is torn. There's no veil, but we still decide to put a veil there. I think that's what blows my mind and realize through my life, I was doing that too. Like, I was putting my pastor in between me and God, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that um, one powerful thing there's a there's a guy that that I lean on for for a lot of biblical understanding and and one of the things one of the things was uh, he he texted me recently and he said that Jesus God had to send Jesus mm-hmm. because his chosen people right and the Levites that he put in charge of yes. the temple that the Pharisees and all them had hardened their hearts so mm. much to God that they weren't they weren't even willing to accept him when he walked among them in the flesh in right the flesh. in front of them right <laughs> they, they 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 had hardened it and because of their knowledge and because of you know their greed and everything like that which i think that there are times that all of us as humans can can re- reflect you know can really um can really look at that and be like, yeah, there've been some times that I've been really greedy or, mm-hmm. you know, there've been times that I've fallen short hardcore and yeah. I hardened my heart toward the Lord. Absolutely. But I just think it was powerful because, um, the, the children of Israel right there that we've been talking about this whole time had stopped seeking God for themselves. And they yes. were like, we need a King to represent us. Oh and, and like, the the children of Israel forever wanted a middleman. You know what's crazy, Aubrey? Verse 19 goes with exactly what you were just saying, and that's the next thing I wrote down. Oh, wow. It said, how did the Israel, Israelites respond whenever Samuel said, 
sure, you can have your own king, but this isn't what the Lord wanted or, you know, all these things, right? They said, then all the people begged Samuel, pray, they're begging Samuel, pray to your God for us, your servants, pray that we won't die. On top of all of our sins, we've piled on one more asking for a king. Yeah. Did you get that? Like, pray to your God for us. How many of us in the church do that? Instead of just praying to God about something, like you call someone right away to pray. Why don't you pray to God right then? Like, or get can you get a word for my friend, Aubrey? Like, you're way more spiritual than me. So can my friend just ask me for help, but I'm coming to you because I just really kind of, I'm not sure. We don't trust in our own ability. Yeah. Well, and, and like you're saying, the children of Israel wanted Saul, you know, which... This story leads up to Saul. Yes, right? yeah, Saul being the king Just, that they're spoiler asking Spoiler alert, there it is. Saul. Um, Saul. They, they, wanted, they wanted Saul because it made them feel better because they didn't have the faith mm-hmm. to believe that just as he always had, God was going to provide for them. And so they wanted that. They wanted that middleman forever. The prophets were the middleman. Like the, the prophets spoke for the Lord. Yeah. And so then people always looked to the prophets. Yeah. You know, to to get those words from the Lord. Well, like you said earlier, congratulations. The veil is torn. Mm-hmm. We we don't we don't have to um, seek the Lord through prophets or through kings mm-hmm. or through anybody like that. We can seek the Lord for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, just like you're saying, just like the people in the Old Testament, they relied so heavy on the prophets that they didn't even consider God their God. Yeah, they so, said your God. Yeah, so they, that's God. what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, they were like, go ask your God to deliver us. And that's the same thing that we do whenever we have to run for help. And you'll have somebody that will just be like, okay, I got somebody that's sick in the hospital. My pastor has to come. Exactly. And pray for mm-hmm. this person. No. We try to make our pastors and our church leaders the hands and feet of Jesus when we're all when called we're all to be the hands and feet it. of Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it, this, this is what's, this is what's crazy. Um, another thing that, that this guy had texted me the other day was, was truly profound for me and said, um, most, most of the people that truly want to serve me Hmm. are in the church. However, most of the people in the church are not truly willing to serve me. Wow. Which Wow. Which gathers up to the point in in First Samuel, you know, you ha- you had Samuel the prophet that was willing to serve the Lord, but the uh, the people weren't. And, and so he was that wow. middleman. And that's the thing. There's probably some people in the in out of the Israelites that are like, "What are you people doing? We don't need a king. God is so good." Oh, so yeah. don't I think whenever we say the Israelites, it's like as a whole. Yeah. But you know that there's people there were Israelites, Israelites yeah. in there that were those people. That yeah, it's not like about. Sodom and Gomorrah where exactly. it's like, if you can just find me five people, and he couldn't. Okay, you know? fine, one. <laughs> like, give me one, give okay, me one, one. One, <laughs> okay, there's a guy named Lot. And it, and, okay, we'll get him, you know what I mean? But th- that's not what we're saying. We're not, you know, we're not casting shade on yeah. everybody. Because I I was willing to, to believe that out of the Levites, even the Pharisees yeah. in Jesus' time, there were a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. That would follow the teachings of Jesus and and converted to exactly. you know to so it, it wasn't all the Pharisees like it's kind of like the thing that the Pharisees got a bad rap mm-hmm. because As a whole. because of the the head honchos that thought they had all the answers and everything like that 
they they were they were bad news. But mm. I would venture to say that there were just as many yeah. Levites in there that knew what was going on, and they were and like, man, there's man, something different. Think, Aubrey, if they stepped up, if those ones, instead of just cowering down yeah. while Jesus was alive, right, for the higher-ups that you were talking about that were greedy and prideful, what if these ones that really were seeking the Lord and really had a relationship with Him stepped up? Yeah. Like, what if that happened? You know, it's just like there's people in the church like that right now that have these relationships with the Lord and he's doing so much and he's just like these revelations are flowing from heaven and they just want more of God. We want more of God. Guys, that's contagious, but you have to put it in the air around you for them to catch it like the old, like Rona. Seriously. (laughs) It could be just as infectious too. But like, okay, so this is, I love this so much, right? Because they just said, oh my gosh, Samuel, we really messed up. Pray to your God and save us, blah, blah, blah. This is what Samuel said. I believe this is for the church today. Yeah. He said, don't turn your back on God. Worship and serve him heart and soul. Don't chase your own selfish ambitions. There's nothing to them. They can't help you. God, simply because of who he is, is not going to walk off and leave his people. God took delight in making you into his very own people. Yeah. He's still graceful to us. He still loves us. And he just wants us to serve him with our heart and with our soul and not try to control him and do things in and of ourselves with our own selfish ambition. That's Or come to him just because we want something. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's important to understand if you go through and read all the, the Old Testament stuff, it was always in the times of trouble that the Israelites were des- desperately seeking after the Lord. I mean, you know, and again, I'm going to say this. I, get, I bet there was a bunch of them that, that walked the line yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the majority mm-hmm. only came to him in time of panic, and and the Lord said, and Samuel's literally saying, just just do what the Lord does, you know, love what the Lord does, you know, seek after Him, follow Him, and you're gonna be all right. Yeah, you know, you won't have to just keep coming. Okay, well things are good. I'm gonna go do my own thing now, and then come back around whenever all the poo hits the fan. I love saying that. Yeah, that, that statement. Well, because, because poo does, in fact, hit yeah. the fan, and it'll <laughs> like sling everywhere, be a huge mess. But I mean, yeah, I think that that's that that's very important for us to understand. And those of you that have been faithful to the Lord, there's no veil between you and the Father, and you have this relationship with Him, and you're getting weary and you're getting tired in the church. Mm. I want to encourage you. Nate Johnston calls you the wild ones. So wild ones, I want to encourage you with this. This is found in 1 Samuel 12, 23 through 25. And this is exactly Samuel's reply to the people of Israel. And this should be our reply to the Church of America and the church in general. Yeah. And neither will I walk off and leave you. That would be a sin against God. I'm staying right here at your post, at my post, praying for you and teaching you the good and right way to live. But I beg of you, fear God and worship him honestly and heartily. You've seen how greatly he's worked among you. Be warned, if you live badly, both you and your king will be thrown out. So did you, did you hear that? He said, I'm going to be here. So we're going to be here for the church, right? For, the, for our church body, our brothers and sisters. We're staying right here. And he encourages them to live for God. But then also there was a warning I just love the three different points that he hit. It was like, no, I'm going to be here for you. It was reassurance. 
but it was encouragement and like calling forth greatness mm. out of them and living for God. And then the third is also a warning. But if this doesn't happen, I have to be honest with you and real with you. This is what's going to happen if you do not live for the Lord. You, both you and your king will be thrown out. Ooh. Well, and then we see what happened to Saul later on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Let's just say he got thrown out. Yeah, he did. He did. And I mean, but it, it's always funny because a lot of times we, we wait until the throw out moments where because of our actions, the rug's been pulled out from under us. And that's when we're like, Lord, where are you? We're ready to listen now. And can I address this to that? The wild ones, this, the Samuels, right? In the church. If you're celebrating because somebody falls, you're not any better. <laughs> and that hurts because there's been some lead pastors that have fallen because of moral immorality. And I'll be honest, Aubrey and I were never a fan of some of these pastors. So my first fleshly thought was like, dang, got him for real. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's not righteous. Yeah, before you're like, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I told you he was a little nasty. You know, it's yeah. like, really? Yeah. Like, that's terrible. <sighs> but no, I, I think that it's important, as always. We have to have to follow the Lord. And if you're truly following the Lord, you have his heart. Yeah. And stop stop trying to contain what he's doing and just get on get on the train and just be a passenger. Stop trying to be the conductor. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Just get God out of that box that you have him in. And I yeah. just ask him what it is. The yeah. box. Everybody has a box. I, I think we all get there, absolutely. I think we all have a box and it's time to bust the lid off that thing. That's so good. Well, I think we're done. Happy Monday, guys. Happy Monday. Have a great rest of your week. We love you guys. And make sure and leave a, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, it just makes it easier to find us if someone's trying to find us on any of the podcast um, platforms. And make sure and follow us. We're still doing the Enneagram talk uh, throughout the week. We have, we're doing the three type three mm -hmm. and so we have four left. We have yeah. four left. Now for the best part of the whole podcast, here come Bubby. Saying bye-bye. We love you guys. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.